I'm Cindy Levy, and this is the Barneys Podcast, the show that celebrates fashion, style, culture, and most of all, personality. Kelly Rowland has been in the spotlight since she was a teenager. First, of course, as a member of the massively successful girl group Destiny's Child, which pretty much owned the pop charts in the late 90s. Later, she became a solo performer, and since Destiny's Child split in 2005, she's had a thriving, wide-ranging career. She's released four solo albums, she's hosted TV programs, and after the birth of her son, Titan, she even wrote a book about motherhood. But most of all, she's found her voice as a champion of self-acceptance. So many people that will tell you the craziest things about yourself. There's only one thumbprint that looks like yours. So what you bring to the table is unique and beautiful. Like, don't let anybody tell you that you can't, don't, won't, shouldn't. When I sat down with Kelly, I had a lot of questions for her about music, identity, and living in the spotlight. But first things first, what are you wearing today, Kelly Rowland? I am wearing uh, a Union t-shirt um, with some adaptation jeans. And mm-hmm. these boots were sent to me in Australia. I don't know. We got to describe by. the boots. They're really cute little white patent leather ankle boots. Yeah. With a little kitten heel. Yeah. Tell me about the jewelry. The jewelry, um, I have an elephant, actually, that was a gift from uh, Queen Bee. When I lost my mom, this was actually one of the things she gave me, um, was an elephant and symbol from my mother. Mm -hmm. Um, This was a ring my stylist uh, gave me like a couple weeks back, and this one is too. And that's my wedding ring. Oh, it's a beautiful ring. Thank you. I need to clean it. It's a podcast, so you can do that during this interview. True. That means it's sparkling in real life. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, Whenever I look at your Instagram, I get pantsuit envy because you wear pants so well and you wear a pantsuit so well. Thank you. As someone who's five foot two, I'm very (laughs) jealous. Have you kind of grown into that look? I have. I've I've loved pants for so long. Uh, Pantsuits, pants, androgyny, period. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think the older I get, the more I embrace it, the more I love it. Uh, But I love pants with pockets. I'm like really obsessed with pockets these days. By the way, who is the sadist who is making pants without pockets? Yo! That's not right. Men wouldn't wear that. Women should wear that. Absolutely not. And we should not wear it. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I read that you described your style as moody, androgynous, and classic, which gives me kind of like a Marlena Dietrich sort of vibe. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking about when you get dressed in the morning? What I feel like. <laughs> um, basic, but that's the honest, like the honest truth. Like mm-hmm. however I feel is is how I dress. And some days I'm just like, I want to put on something baggy. I don't want to like have any curves in my body today. Mm-hmm. Um, and some days I'm like, oh, give me a tight dress. But every day I can wear a pantsuit and not give any care in the world. Yeah. (laughs) Hearing you describe your style as androgynous is interesting because when I think back to when most of us first met you in Destiny's Child, that wasn't the style Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. And when you were wearing those not androgynous, quite feminine looks, Mm -hmm. did you feel like, ah, this isn't really me? Or was it you at the time and you've evolved style-wise? I think that I've evolved style-wise. Like one of the most memorable moments for me style-wise was the 90s. Everything about that time period, Mm -hmm. I absolutely love. The oversized suits, um, the black, like it was just everything to Mm -hmm. me. And I've, I've never forgotten that. And it's just something that I take with me all the time. You know, you're talking about the 90s and 
I think to so many girls and women, I mean, people in general, but especially girls and women who grew up in the late 90s and early 00s, you're such an icon and you're kind of like this figure from their childhood and they feel like they know you. Mm -hmm. First of all, I'm curious, do you feel that? Are people constantly coming up to you on the street and telling you how you were just such an important part of their formative years and you were the soundtrack? It's so crazy to hear people (laughs) say that to this day. Now, I love for people to say, oh my God, do you know what this song did for me or it helped me out of this relationship or I grew up so much that year and this song helped me through that time period. That feels amazing Mm -hmm. because that's what music is supposed to be made for. So you know you did what you were supposed to do with the gift that God gave. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that gift. When did you first start feeling that impulse to create music? Five. Mm-hmm. At five, I remember seeing Whitney Houston sing on the tel- telly, as they would say, as the Brits would say, <laughs> on telly. And she just loved it. And what she exuded when she sang was just so beautiful. And that feeling, I wanted to feel what that felt like. And mm-hmm. my mom said that when I was in kindergarten, they asked everybody what they wanted to be when they grow up. I said I wanted to be like Whitney Houston and wear a red dress. And a couple years back... Um, before um, my mom, God rest her soul, um, left this earth. I I remember I said, oh, my God, I've worn a yellow dress, a red dress, a blue dress, a this dress, a that dress. And I was was just so grateful that that question, you know, was prompt to me, and I was definitely ready to answer it (laughs) with no hiccups. (laughs) Um, So I'm not a musician. Walk me through the process. How does a song start in your head? How do you start thinking? Um... Now I could be driving, I could be with my son, who always seems to have a melody. It's the weirdest yeah, thing to it me. It comes from him. He sings to you. Sometimes he is. You see my shoulders. I wish everybody could see my shoulders. Yeah. It's the craziest thing sometimes <laughs> because he will sing something, and then I'm like, "That's interesting." Then I'll take it to the studio, and I'm like, "What do y'all think about this?" And they're like, "I like the front half. That's really catchy because, and that's the part that he." thought of. (laughs) So Titan is the secret. Titan is kind of a secret. (laughs) But somebody told me that once before, and they were like, you know, kids sometimes actually hold secrets to melodies because you know how simple it is. Mm. And nothing should ever be that complex. Like when a kid can catch on to a melody, it you know you got something special there. Mm. So do you sing to him a lot? Oh, all the time. Yeah, what do you sing? We sing everything. Yeah? Like, what was the last thing you sang to him? This morning, we sang this song by American authors called This Is Gonna Be the Best Day of My Life. Can you sing a little bit of it right Um, now? Oh, my God. Is that that the kind of Um, question you're not supposed to ask a singer? No, no, of course. It's, um, I had a dream so big and loud. I jumped so high, I touched the clouds. He sings it over and over and over again. So if it's not that song... It's Nice by Auntie Bibi and Uncle Jay. <laughs> or it's... Um, Give me a little bit of that one. Um, and um, nice, 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 <laughs> nice, nice, nice of all. Night, 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 night. He loves that record. Um, and what else does he love? Slam by Onyx. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, so he has eclectic taste. He does. Yeah. And I love that he does because I've, I've always been like that. Mm-hmm. I love all types of music, all yeah. genres of music. So, yeah. So how did, how did your mom encourage that early gift when you were, you know, there she is and her daughter says, I want to be like Whitney Houston and wear mm-hmm. a red dress. And mm-hmm. she knows you want to perform. Yeah. What happens then? She put me in the church choir. Uh I've got that, like, typical story. (laughs) 
<laughs> but um, yeah, she put me in the church choir, and I sang my first solo at five or six years old in this really bad white dress. I look like a cupcake. <laughs> and I had those socks with the ruffles around them, and you pull them up and uh-huh. you bring them down. Um, <laughs> and I sang a song called I Want to Walk and Talk with Jesus. Oh. And I remember, I actually see what that moment looks like, and I see people rocking from side to side with their big church hats on and how proud my mom was. And, like, there was a big, grand, white piano, and it was such a moment for me. And in that moment, I knew this was what I was supposed to do. Do you still know the song? Yes. I want to walk and talk. With Jesus in each and every day, I want my life to be an example for Him in every way. I want to treat my brothers and sisters the way He wants me to. I guess I don't know all of it, but um, it's, it's something like that. Yeah, it's but it's a really great, great record, especially for a kid. I need to teach Titan that record yeah. for sure. Yeah, oh, that's that's really beautiful. Um, so we were just talking about social media, and I've heard you talk a lot about how, in general, you got more confident over Mm -hmm. the years. Mm -hmm. That's such a difficult process for so many young women, particularly now when we're all posting pictures of ourselves all the time, and you can start to feel very ranked and rated Mm -hmm. by the world. Mm -hmm. How do you fight against that in your own life? It took me a while to get to it. Mm -hmm. I don't care. <laughs> That's the secret that you don't you care. Get, yeah, yeah, I think you you just can't care. Yeah, you know. And I, if I know that I'm going to care about something later, I won't share it with anybody. But sometimes people are going to say or think things about you, no matter what. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah. How do you get yourself out of that loop of seeing yourself through other people's eyes? I wish the me now would have told myself at 19, misery loves company. Mm. Because it's so many people that will tell you the craziest things about yourself. When you said misery loves company, meaning the people who try to tell you negative things are coming from their own negative place? I think it's from their own negative place or from uh, places where they feel some sort of void. And I actually feel bad for them because whatever it is they're lacking in their lives— they're using that to really tear down other people. Mm-hmm. I wish somebody would tell them that they're great. I wish somebody would tell them that they're smart. I wish someone te- would tell them that they're beautiful, that they can do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's Everybody needs a little boost. Everybody needs a little extra love. Yeah. I share faith of because I'm made by God, He didn't make a mistake. Mm. You're unique and beautifully and wonderfully made. There's only one of you. There's only one thumbprint that looks like yours. Mm -hmm. So what you bring to the table and what you bring to this world is unique and beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, don't let anybody tell you that you can't, don't, won't, shouldn't. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I just— And that's what I tell my son, that he's smart, that he's handsome, that he can do all things. You know what I mean? They hear Mm -hmm. it from home first. Right. I've heard you talk before about how Tina Knowles used to tell you that you were beautiful. Oh, facts. And how did that make you feel? At the time, I was still trying to believe it. (laughs) To be honest, I mean, like, in your teens, like, you're coming into your, your face and your body. And, you know, we were... 
in front of the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that made Destiny's Child so unique is, like, the fact that there were these different shades of brown, Mm -hmm. brown girls, and everyone could identify with each one of us. We were all ourselves. Mm -hmm. And um, I think she wanted me to wear that well. And I'm so happy that she did tell me that because I represent for the brown girls. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've heard you talk about that, how you're really really proud of that and proud of what you mean to other girls who look like you. Absolutely. Um, you got to write a self-help book, mm-hmm. clearly. Oh, me? Yeah, you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> These are like life lessons. These are pearls. Yeah. Seriously. I will see. Um, I, I, I feel like there's been that sort of independent speak your mind streak, though, in you, visible for your whole career. And I was talking to... Uh, woman who's part of that generation who, you know, who grew up really listening to Destiny's Child, knowing you. And and she said, you know, I always listened to Destiny's Child, and I felt like a Kelly. Oh, wow. And I said, <laughs> that's amazing. What does it mean to feel like a Kelly? And she said, she seems like a person who's very much herself, who does her own thing. Yeah. And of course, you know, you made the decision to leave Destiny's Child and try a solo career. Yeah. And that's an independent thing to do. Yeah, it is. I I think that um, it was a hard decision for for all of us. You know what I mean? Um, Especially because you you start out as a group and you you think that's how like everything will will really end. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But you have to grow. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to grow away from each other as well. And um, I, at the time, I, I have to be honest, like I've said before, I wasn't ready. <laughs> I remember, like, not being ready for that moment. And um, a number one record kind of forced me to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Dilemma yeah. with yeah. Nelly definitely yeah. forced me to. And um, it was still like a, a like a learning process. And the more I did it, the more I performed, the more I did interviews by myself, I was like, it's not so bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like it. Well, this is my point of view. Okay, I'm going to embrace this. But that took a while. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I think for so long, I just wanted somebody to say it was okay. Mm-hmm. That it was okay that it was to okay do it okay to do it by myself. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's also the fact that, you know, when there are these groups that we know as groups and, you know, we as a culture fall in love with them as groups, then if they make a decision to move on, mm-hmm. we feel betrayed. I mean, you saw it with the Beatles, right? Yeah. Where everybody wanted to make it some huge epic fight that they had had. Yeah. We even saw it with One Direction. And, I, you know, I wonder whether you felt like— the media looked at you and kind of wanted to make it like well, there they, was something else. Exactly. I think it was that and them being like, I told you this wasn't going to last. I remember I didn't want them to think that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Thinking that this was just the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. You know, hence Destiny Fulfilled and Coachella performances or Super Bowl performances or yeah. records that we do with each other. You know, when Jesus say yes, with Michelle. So it's just moments where we just want our fans to see still see camaraderie amongst women. Mm-hmm. And that's what we stood for. Right. And I just wanted to let people understand, like, this is important first. This, and I can see what you, yes. you're gesticulating with yes. your hands. This meaning this relationship yes. between you and these women. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, one thing, it seems to me that you are somebody who really leans on your female friendships and Mm -hmm. not just most famously your Destiny's Child bandmates, but also with Lala Anthony. Mm -hmm. You you seem to have a really close pack of girlfriends. I do. I do. I hold my heart because I'm just so grateful for them. I don't know where I would be without my female relationships, period. They help me grow. They feed me in all types of ways, and I'm just so grateful to them. Like, for when it comes to being a mother, when it comes to being a businesswoman, when it comes to making decisions, when it comes to life, when it comes to fun, when it comes to being a girl, everything mm-hmm. about it. And I just am so grateful. So yeah. grateful that all of our paths have crossed. Who do you go to for business advice among your girlfriends? For business advice? All of them, really. <laughs> I mean, it would be Serena La B, mm-hmm. for sure. That's a pretty good brain trust to have. <laughs> I have some business questions I'd like to ask them, too. <laughs> well, let's talk about Serena, because I know mm-hmm. you guys are close, and you know you and I are sitting here just uh, less than a week mm-hmm. after the U.S. Open, where we saw, in my view, her being robbed of at least a game point, if, yes. not, if not more. You tweeted about that afterward. What did you think coming out of it now with a distance of five days? Can we get anything positive out of this? It completely blew my mind because I felt like because Serena is so strong, because she is a strong black woman, because she is passionate, and then, and, and I, I remember um, listening to her explain herself. She was like, I don't cheat. I'd rather lose than to cheat. Mm-hmm. She prides herself on just wanting to play the game great, mm-hmm. period. So there's passion behind it. Don't take a game away from her for passion. She gave Naomi all the credit in the world, made people stop, you know, causing the commotion that they did because they do have love for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and they felt the same way we felt. Well, you said something in a recent interview that I thought was was beautiful. You were asked about what advice you would give young artists and specifically young black women. And mm-hmm. you said, I think my words of wisdom would be don't apologize for who you are. Don't apologize for anything. Don't apologize for the curls of your hair. Don't apologize for the color of your skin. Don't apologize for the sway and swagger and urbanized moments we have with our speech that end up becoming trends. And I, you know, I thought of that when I was looking at Serena mm-hmm. and thinking about, you know, as many black women have said, how careful they as women of color have to be not to show any emotion. And yeah. I, I like the fact that you're encouraging young women, you know, not to bend to that, to, yeah. to express their to emotions. express themselves. I mean, we're supposed to, as all women, mm-hmm. we're supposed to. I think that's most important. But I know some people have said, don't say it like that because it could be taken out of context. Because if you say it with a neck roll, it's going to be something else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and you as black women sometimes, you know, you have your neck rolls or your hand on your hip or a little bit of an inflection in your voice might threaten someone to where they feel like they have to take something away from you. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that that's what happened. She spoke with so much passion. And I think Serena is very strong. And I think that maybe one thing she said scared the crap out of this guy. And he was like, I need to take my power back. Mm. And I feel like that's what happened in that moment. Mm. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) All right, sorry, I'm back. That was was beautiful. Um, 
Kelly, you're from Georgia, yes. and uh, we're in a really important election year here, and I know that you have met Stacey Abrams. Yes, the... I'll be down there in October. So tell tell us about her and why you support her. Well, one, I support her. I've, I've heard this woman speak from passion for such an incredible place. When she was a kid, she got an invitation to go to the governor's house, mm. and she talked about how um, when she got to the gate, they wouldn't let her go in. And so here she is with an opportunity to be the first black female governor (laughs) and be in the governor's Mm -hmm. mansion. And I just find that so incredible. Um, I found her story about her hardworking father incredible. She just sound like she understood upper class, middle class, working class, lower class, and she's going to be there to support everybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not one-sided. And I really admired her for that. So I hear through the grapevine that you Mm -hmm. might be working on new music. I am. So how's it going? It's going great. I actually just left the studio to come here so I can sit down and chat with you. So yeah, That's fantastic. What are the days like in the studio when you're when you're working on new music do you do it kind of like one song at a time like mm-hmm. you work on that until it's done or are you constantly toggling back and forth between 10 different pieces of music it depends on how many people you have in the studio sometimes you'll have several producers in like a different room in like one large space and um you kind of hop back and forth into each room and see what everybody's doing, which is actually really good competitive energy because mm-hmm. people, like, pop in each room and they're like, oh, that's that's dope. And <laughs> they go back in their room and they create something even harder. So it's, like, like really that. exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's like you're the coach of a team and you're getting all the players into healthy competition. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I, I know you referenced your mom before, mm-hmm. and I know you went through a, a really— tough and dramatic year when you had your son and mm-hmm. lost your mom in the mm-hmm. same year. Um, you know, a lot of us have had those big years and they really yeah. change you. Yeah. How did you come out of it changed? Um, time is precious. Relationships are precious. Forgiveness is so real. I, it's the best way I can say it. Forgiveness is so real. And I talk about all of that on the record, but it's um it definitely I grew up really fast in that time period because I just had Titan three weeks before. Mm-hmm. And so just as I'm saying hello to someone, I I'm turning right around and saying goodbye. And it happened so quick. Mm-hmm. You know, she was just in LA, like holding Titan when he was so teeny tiny. <laughs> and then um I was literally watching her ascend, you know? So it's um it definitely matured me pretty quickly, though. But I had the best support system. Mm. Like, had people flying who I hadn't talked to in years. Mm. And um, they flew into Atlanta. My family was there, and they were supportive. And my fans were so awesome. That would make me cry alone. They were so supportive. Oh, I'm sorry you had to go through it's that. It's all right. I'm sorry it's life. For your loss. It's it is. life. But I learned so much about friendships and relationships. And when you look at people in their eye and you speak to them, you're to be present. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
mean? Like, that's what that taught me above mm-hmm. anything. I like to be present with people now. Right. And it's it's sometimes hard. You know, in this industry, you're like, oh, you're at fashion shows and you're texting and you're this and like, it's this person walks in and this and that and that. And I'm like, hi, how are you? Like, I want to be in that moment yeah, with the face you. face to face. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing like it. And yeah. I love that. I crave it. Yeah. Yeah. But you get that in, in live performances. It's different, I know. That's yeah. not a, that's not a friendship. But yeah. you've had some incredible live gigs recently. Mm-hmm. You know, you referenced the Destiny's Child moment at Coachella, mm-hmm. but you also performed with Stevie Wonder, if I'm oh not mistaken, until like two in the morning one night in LA. Oh, it was so awesome. Tell me, <laughs> what's it like? This is not the first time you performed with Stevie? No, like? it was once with Destiny's Child, and this time mm-hmm. he asked me there, and it's, it's just an honor to get an invitation from Stevie Wonder because I grew up Loving him, Mm -hmm. loving his voice, loving that harmonica, Mm -hmm. loving his melodies, just like how he makes us feel every emotion that we're so blessed to feel. So when I got on stage, by the way, it was so late and we were supposed to be letting our nanny go. And so um, someone Every else, working mom, by the way, relates to the oh sentence God, you just said. Oh, my God. so embarrassed. The person that works with him was like, he's about to go on. I was like, I'm supposed to be letting my nanny go right now. He's like, give him five minutes. I was like, no problem. I was like, I need. To, I have to stay here. You're going to have to understand yeah. me. <laughs> tell, tell your nanny it's Stevie Wonder. I was like, I'll pay you extra. It's Stevie. <laughs> like, it's all good. Got on stage, and I did not want to get off the stage. He mm. was just... Awesome, because those are moments you don't take for granted. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about your sunglasses collaboration coming up with Smoke and Mirrors at Barney's. Yes! um, Which is one of the reasons we're here. First of all, why sunglasses? I have been obsessed with sunglasses ever since I could afford them, (laughs) to be completely honest. What was your first pair? Do you remember? Gucci's. (laughs) Okay, you you started big. Gucci. I saw some Gucci sunglasses, and I remember I got so excited. I I had them for the longest time, and I remember I took a boat trip with some friends, and I was so bummed because I had them since 98. Mm -hmm. And um, it was one of the first big things I bought myself, and I lost them on a boat trip. I was so bummed. So I've always had this obsession with them. So I was so happy when this opportunity came about, especially because Smoke and Mirrors is, like, rooted in music. The main collection that they have is, of course, like, inspired by songs. So it just made sense. The collaboration made sense. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And how did you figure out what you wanted the sunglasses to look like, what the style would be? Was it just, like, things I, Kelly, would wear? Yes. Things I would wear, what looks great on all facial shapes, mm. and um, and what, like, what makes you feel fly? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because glasses, like, also do that. You can have the worst makeup day or face day. As soon as you put on some glasses, you're like, oh, no, they can't tell me nothing. <laughs> it's that moment. And I love that. It's too bad <laughs> you can't wear sunglasses in job interviews. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Can you imagine if people started, they're like, oh, no, I got this job. I'm good. <laughs> um, so what was the process of creating fashion, like, compared to the process of creating music? Like, did you feel like they were kind of similar? They were definitely kind of similar because I think that each time you see it, like, once you send it in, you know, to to be made, you're like, okay, when it comes back, 
You have to make sure it's everything that you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And even if it's the smallest hint of something that you're just not sure about, you have to say, I think we should try this over or make this lens a little bit darker than I think it's going to match the shade of the exterior. of the It's like all kinds of stuff you think of. Yeah. But I think that just as you, much as you put detail in music, you do it in everything that you do. By the way, one of my favorite details about you, your first name is actually Calandria. Yes. Great name. My mom. She, Anybody call you Calandria? My husband. Yeah? And who else? Calandria, my husband. That's beautiful. Thank you. I like that. Well, Calandria. Yes. Thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. I have truly enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Kelly Rowland is working on an album, with her son's help, of course. She's got a sunglasses collaboration coming up with Smoke and Mirrors at Barney's. And, like 15 million other people, you can always follow her on Instagram or Twitter. The Barney's Podcast is produced by Barney's and Transmitter Media. Our associate producer is Oluwakemi Aladisui. If you like what you hear, please rate and review the show. It helps other people find us. Thanks for listening. Do you want to sing us out here? Nah. <laughs> Sorry, but I had to try. It's okay. <laughs> so long, farewell, Avita, say goodnight. <laughs> and scene. <laughs>